but we're still talking about bringing back the culture of heaven. And one of the things we made a, a statement last Sunday, and we said the key to uh, the language is the key to what? Unity and power. Language is the key to unity and power. And when we understand this principle, then we are not neglect to pray in our original language. I, I, you know, it, I, I know why people don't do it consistently, because they got an enemy. And if I want to weaken you, I got to get in your infrastructure. That means I got to get into the eternal things, the workings of you that keep you strong. So if I can keep you from praying in the Holy Ghost, you are weak. And sometimes you don't know how weak you are until Christ is hit. Mm. And then you discover how much power you really do have. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. All right, let's see if we can go back. And let's just pick up Genesis 11. We're not going to read it, but I'm just going to use that as a reference. How many of you remember that? That's the uh, occasion where they began to build the tower. But the problem was they were building the tower unto themselves and not unto God. Remember, God doesn't have a problem with your building project. He doesn't have a problem with what you want to do. It's who you want to give it unto. It's who you're doing it for that he's beginning to question. And if you, if you think you're being frustrated by God, it's because you're not building it what you're doing unto him. Maybe your business is suffering because you're not doing it as unto the Lord. Your relationship can have issues because you're not establishing it as unto the Lord. It's for you and her or her and him. And it can't be that way and God be involved in it. It has to be as unto the Lord. There are going to always be some issues that never get resolved until, say until, you give it unto the Lord and make it his. Because that's, that's the, you said that sounds like somebody that's real selfish. God is not selfish. It's the way of the kingdom. And you can't change God just because you don't understand why he does certain things, you need to learn why. And then you'll stop questioning the stuff that you question. Amen? Because a lot of the things that we don't have resolved in our lives is because we don't understand the word. Hallelujah. So the original culture of Eden was one language. That was part of the culture. Everybody spoke the same language. Oh, Jesus. So the key to power is language. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Look at Haggai. I know that's one of those Bibles that we don't read often, but that's all right. We're going to read it this morning. Haggai chapter 1, verse 6. When you have it, say, I have it. Haggai, 
He says, you have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you're not, you are not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth the wages and put it in a bag with hose. Why? He said, because you're not considering your ways. Your ways don't match God's ways, even though you confess to being born again. See, this is where mind renewal comes into place because your mind has not been transformed to talk, act, and respond like God. We're still trying. I'm getting ahead of my notes. We're still trying to speak more than one language. And that's part of our problem. We speak more than one language. Oh, it's going to get good in just a minute. So God was not against them building the tower. He says, but with the way you're doing it, it's going to create shortage and poverty in your life. It's going to cause something to fall down. And if you're not building, as I stated last Sunday, if you're not building unto the Lord, then you're building for your own destruction. Hmm. Okay, what would happen to our nation, to our community, to our local school system, to our government, to our finances, to our marriages, to our children, when the, all the body of Christ starts speaking the same language? It's called synergism. Power will explode in the earth. The church will come to the forefront and we'll take over the government. When the whole body began to say one language. Oh, Jesus. So the whole world was spoke the same language and they use the power of that language to build something unto themselves. And even God himself said, if we don't do something about this, they can do it. Because that's the power that's in your mouth. Whatever you say, that's what you'll have. You better hear this one. Because we say a lot of stuff that we really don't want. But we release it out of our mouth. I'm tickled to death. And then when death starts approaching you, it ain't so funny, is it? Keep it, but you keep right on saying I'm tickled to death. <laughs> You're opening the door because why? That's the power of your language. Naturally and spiritually, that's the power of your language. It has the command from you to build something. Your words are building. And you cannot undo this law. You cannot restructure it, alter it. It is a fixed law in the kingdom of God. That whatever you say, that's what you have. Mm. So the key to power is one language. The key to weakness is many languages. Hmm. 
when you speak your original language very little, you become very weak. Look at Jude chapter 1 verse 20. When you have it, say, I have it. Woo, Jesus. But ye beloved, building up yourselves. Talking about you, the spirit man. Building you up on your most holy faith. Doing what? Praying in the Holy Ghost. So without this being in place, you, the spirit man, stays weak. Oh, Jesus. So you speak original language very little. You stay weak. This is why the church, the ecclesia is a mess. We are trying to live together with many languages. One say I'm Baptist that went out with the with the Old Testament. That went out with the apostles, some say. Or they say, tongues are not for today. The Catholics said, we just don't believe in it. The Methodists said, never touch it. The Charismatics said, oh, I do it as I'm moved. Yeah. The Presbyterian, the Seventh-day Adventist, everybody going under the name of Christian, but speak a different language. We're not saying the same thing yet. No wonder the world of darkness has a difficult time seeing the glorious light of the gospel. It's too many languages, all under the name of being a Christian. This is why you got to stop being a Christian and become a citizen. Because it's confusing when you say you're a Christian and somebody say this and somebody, but I thought they're a Christian too. And now you hear the popular celebrities saying they are Christians and have nothing similar to what the word say. See, you got to remember where Christian, where Christian came from. It was a word that was to use to sort of joke the, the people of God. God never called us Christians. He called you sons and daughters. He called you citizens of the kingdom. He called you a royal priesthood. He never called you a Christian because he didn't ordain religion. And since he didn't ordain it, he's not going to call you that. You need to get the verbiage that the Bible calls you. So you can be separate from the world. You want to stand out. Somebody said you're a Christian. Depending on who's saying it to you, you said, well... I'm, according to the word, I'm a kingdom citizen. Mm. I, I am Christ-like, but you don't necessarily have to call me a Christian. Oh, you're going to get, see, if you don't become particular about your words, you're going to have anything that the devil offer you. You have to get, see, Jesus was very particular about what he said. And how he said it. Mm. We say words with no power to bring change. See, that happens when you try to be 
uh, multi-language. You, you, you're trying to speak multiple languages. Okay, what you mean by that, Pastor Diana? Because we're not talking about just saying natural things like French or Spanish. No, I'm talking about you speak the language of the world, but then you try to speak the language of the word, and they don't blend together. Mm. Look at Ephesians 1. You can't keep saying what they say out there about COVID. And think you're going to get the result of the Bible when it's time for you to depend on healing. It doesn't work. See, see that's, that's trying to have more than one language. Ephesians 1.16. You say what you want to say as long as you're in your little house, in your little group. But then when something come upon you, you're trying to speak the word. You don't, you know what? You don't even sense power yourself when you say it. Because you've been talking the way of the world all week. I'm sick. I'm struggling. I'm broke. Times are tight. Money is short. People losing their jobs. That's all your conversation all week long. And then you get in church and you want, then you come to the building because you are the church. Then you come to the building and you want to act like you've been righteous all week long. But you've been, you've been agreeing with the devil all week. What you want God to do with that? When everything you're building is for the kingdom of darkness. And then you want God to... Do a magic wand and wipe away your problems. As soon as he doesn't do it on your time frame, you angry and offended with God. When you built the mess you have with your own words. Ooh, Jesus. This is Apostle Paul. Look at verse 16. He says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. He's not talking about earthly wisdom and revelation. He says the spirit is going to bring this to you, the spirit of God. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know, say no, not that you assume or presume, that you may know what is the hope of his calling? And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. See, there's our inheritance that you're not going to get without becoming a participant in praying in the Holy Ghost. It's some things you're not going to ever walk into. And it's just not praying in the Holy Ghost, but it's following through on what the word said to do. Because you can pray in the Holy Ghost and still disobey. How many of y'all know that's true? I know you might not like it, but it's true. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, Ward, who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. So what we see here is that power has been dispersed by the Spirit of God to bring us what? Wisdom, revelation, understanding, to fill us with hope. To show us what we can't see with our natural eye. Ooh. Stay in that same book and turn to chapter 6, verse 10. 
This supposed to have been the last scripture, but look at verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power and in the power of his might. How are you going to be strong when you don't pray in the Holy Ghost? We just read it in the book of Jude. That's how you build you up. So how are you going to be strong without that element in place? You can't. And there's a command to be strong in the Lord. There's a command to be strong in the Lord. If you're going to win, you must be strong in the Lord. Ooh. You need to turn those soap operas off. You need to turn those reality shows off. You need to turn that TV down, turn it off, and spend time praying in the Holy Ghost. Listen to me tell you, if you spend six hours a day watching TV, what could you get done if you were praying the Holy Ghost for six hours? What could you accomplish? You said, but I'm, wa I'm watching teaching. So turn it off if it interrupts your praying in the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm, gotcha. Yeah, good teaching is good teaching. But it does not replace what you are commanded to do. You can't live off a brother so-and-so sermon when you don't pray in the Holy Ghost. You can't make it. He can inspire you. But you can't live off of that like that. Mm. Why he says, because you got an enemy. He says, you got to put on the whole arm of God. Why? So you can stand against the wiles of the devil. Because we're not wrestling against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers. See, there's a power out there. It's called deception. We're wrestling against spiritual wickedness in high places. This is not something you're going to fight with your natural language. With this English, I'll put it like that. You can't win it in that arena. You got to go into the spirit realm first. And he'll tell you what to say in the natural. Because when you come out of praying in the Holy Ghost, he's going to give you a command to say to your situation. Woo, Jesus. But what we do, we pray our problem. God not interested in your problem. He interested in you obeying his word. Your problem will get solved when you stop praying it. And start praying in the Holy Ghost. Oh, Jesus. Ah. And you can continue to read Ephesians 6. But I'm telling you, it's powerful. Look at 1 Corinthians. Ah, Jesus. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. Mm. But as it is written, say it's written. There are some things that are written in this word that eyes have not seen nor ear heard. Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for them that love him. 
See, he, those that love him, there are some things that have been prepared for you in advance that is in this word that has to be drawn out. How do I draw that out? It's by the spirit of God. But God had, look at verse 10. God had revealed them unto us by his what? By his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. The spirit knows what's in the mind and the heart of God. And if you don't pray in the spirit, you'll never know. You'll never know. For what man nor the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? Ha <laughs> ha, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Woo, Jesus. See, you, you, mm. hallelujah. Watch this. For what man nor the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? Who is in him? The spirit, of, the spirit of God is in the man. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. So spirit to spirit has to communicate. <laughs> That's the only way you're going to get it. <laughs> it's spirit to spirit. Because the flesh man can't figure it out. He's never going to come up with the right answer. Because it's spirit to spirit. Mm. The Holy Spirit communes with you, the Spirit. And if you don't pray in tongues, your spirit man never talks. He never gets to express what's been put in him by the Spirit of God. Whew, Jesus. Now, in the book of Revelation, chapters 2 and 3, you can go and read that on your time. God found that he, and, and you see the, uh, just turn there for a moment. Just go ahead. Let's just do that. Revelations chapter 2, verse 1. And this is the, he's talking about the seven churches or the seven types of churches. Or, or the, uh, he, you can see, he says, I know your works. I know your labor. I know your patience. He says, I know all this stuff. He know I know everything that these churches are saying and doing. He says, I know where your weak points are. I know where your strong points are. He says, but in most of the, all of them, they have a similar problem. They, they, they dial God out. He says, he says, I have somewhat against thee. Why? Because you left your first love. That's what he told the church. Uh, the church of Ephesus. We just got through reading in Ephesians. He wrote to the church of Ephesus. You got you doing some good things, but you lost, you left your first love. Who's your first love? The Spirit of God. Mmm. So God is saying that the church has become weak because we're trying to speak too many languages. This is why the church has been limited in its effect on the earth. And this is why you see people like 
Kenneth Copeland and Jesse Duplantis and Benny Hinn look like they're single out and God only called them. No, he called you to do the same thing. Hmm. And we have left it up to specific people and never developed ourselves by the Spirit of God. So we can't even be used if you go to the grocery store. And you leaving it up to people like that or to the local pastor. You're just leaving it up to them and you never develop by the Spirit of God to be used by him. And you make it seem like it's so far out of reach. No, everybody's supposed to be doing this. If you read what Jesus told the disciples before he departed, he said, go into all the worlds and make disciples. Doing this right here, teaching them the principles that I taught you, the laying on of hands, the raising of the dead, casting out demons. That's all of our assignment. Says all of our assignment. Oh, Jesus. See, that's what you're going to be held accountable for. With all this power that's been invested in you, what are you doing with it? Mm. See, God is not a waste for God. And you better learn to stop being wasteful. Because you're going to be held accountable for the waste. All the time, all the things, all the people that you let get past you because you refuse to pray in the Holy Ghost every day. And you couldn't hear God telling you, say something to that girl. Say something to that boy. Lay hands on them. Cast the devil out of them. You couldn't hear that because you were living out of your flesh. And what we do, we give God a coffee break when it's time to pray in the Holy Ghost. We, he might get five minutes just before you fall out to sleep. I know I'm teaching better than you clapping, but that's all right. I came ready. I am my own cheering team. Because I'm tired of the body of Christ looking weak before the world. It's just like America right now. We look dumb before the world because we got a weak leader. And anybody that's trusting him, you got a weak mind. I don't care if you don't like me. Your mind is weak. You can't pray in the Holy Ghost <laughs> and come away. And agree with what he's doing. Something wrong with your spiritual life. You need to stop lying to yourself. Because you know it's a such thing. You could go and pray in tongues. But you never hear God. You say what you want to say and walk away. And never hear God telling you what he want to say. <laughs> it's called a one-sided conversation. Incomplete. It's an incomplete conversation. Because you never heard what God had to say. You got up before he told you what he really wanted you to know. Mm. So here we see the church trying to speak a lot of language, especially the language of the world, which we are confessing. I'm born again, but uh, the Lord, you know, what the Lord will the Lord do it for you? Well, if it's according to his will, it is his will that you walk in hell. It is his will that you be made whole. It's his will that you have money. Now, you'll jump on the money boat, but what about the work boat? 
It is his will that you get out and work. <laughs> oh, did we leave that one out? Aha. Uh -huh. Money coming to those that work. Mm. So God is saying in Revelations 2 and chapter 3 that, that the church has become weak because we're trying to speak the language of the world and the language of the, the kingdom of heaven. So this is why we've been limited in our effects on the earth. Good people trying to do the word of God without his power to conquer the enemy. And that's what you see. A lot of good people, they love the Lord, but without this element, they have no power. They live like mere men. Mm. Look at Acts 19. Are you learning this morning? Hallelujah. Acts 19. Look at verse 1. Now we're going to see a situation that we see a lot of in the body of Christ. And then we can better understand why the local church has not been as strong as it should be in the community because most people in the church are not filled with the Holy Ghost. Mm. Y'all got quiet on that one. I can hear the quietness out there through the camera. <laughs> are you there? Acts 19 verse 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. He said unto them, have ye received the Holy Ghost since you what? Since you got born again. Have you been filled with the Holy Ghost since you got born again? And they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be in the Holy Ghost. So it wasn't even being taught in their environment. You better hear what I'm talking about because some of y'all sitting in places where they're not teaching that you need to be filled. Ooh, Jesus. And he said unto them, unto what then were ye baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. So they got, they got the repentance down. They got, they got being born again. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. So they got born again down. And it's a lot of well-meaning religious people who got born again down, but they don't believe in the power. Oh, Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them. So there must be a separate thing from being born again. When he laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about 12. So the release of the power. So power, say power, is part of the culture of heaven. There's no such thing as weakness in the culture of heaven. Let the weak say, I'm what? You better say what the Bible say about you. Ooh, Jesus. I'm going to say this real slow. So everybody will understand what I'm getting ready to say. I don't care about your religion, your title, 
or your religious activities. Here are my questions to you. Are you first, are you in the kingdom? Have you accepted Jesus as your Savior and your Lord? That's question number one. If you have received Jesus as your Savior, have you received the Holy Spirit since you got born again? These are the two main criterias to operate in the kingdom. Oh, Jesus. We've been living out of our flesh so long, you don't know what it's like to live in the Holy Spirit. But when you start doing it, it's go life going to get a whole lot easier. So we're going to a service without having power in our lives has become the, very, the new norm for so many believers. They have settled, say settled, for a sermon instead of the word being taught with signs following. Just like today, after this word, anyone in this room or those online that need to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to open up the door so you can be filled because you need this. And if you haven't done it in a long time, you need, you need a, 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 a refilling. It's nothing. There's no crime in that. You get what you need when you come to the house of God. The Holy Spirit is the power of God in the earth today. And we, one of the things that the Holy Spirit was showing me is that most believers see the Holy Spirit as an option. You can't separate the triune God. The Holy Spirit is the third expression of him. See, you are triune. You can be a mother, a sister, and a wife. They all call for different roles, but it's out of you. See how simple it is to understand God? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You can't diminish the Holy Spirit and say he's not God. And that you, it's optional. It's not optional. Oh, Jesus. That's like saying I don't need God the Son and God the Father if I don't need God the Holy Spirit. Because they are one. You need to read the word. They are one with, with expressions coming out of the one God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But they're all God. <laughs> There's not a separate God. They're not separated. It's one God, one faith, and one baptism. <laughs> so you need, you need to lose all of that multiple choice. Woo, Jesus. I'm ready to be in a place where there's power being demonstrated. If you are born again and you know that, but don't pray in tongues, that means you have the well, but you haven't opened up the valve to release the flow of power. Because the Spirit of God is in you if you're born again. But you have to open up the valve. You have to turn it on. Say, turn it on. And that's by your permission. The Holy Spirit would do nothing without your permission. So if you don't want to pray in tongues, he'll never force you to. But you're going to be dumb, 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 and dumber. And you will struggle, 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 struggle. Somebody might say out there, well, I do pray in tongues. But no, but you're not in an environment where it's teaching you correctly. Because you're praying in tongues, you can't stay in places where they're not feeding you. 
your spirit crying for more. Ooh, Jesus, because it wants to be fed. It's got to become bigger than your circumstance. See, you got, you got, you got to pray enough to where you see this God in you is bigger than anything you're facing. When you get to that place by praying in tongues, man, the devil better but watch out. Anything in your life, you pray in tongues long enough and you're a tither and a giver. Man, I'm telling you right now, there is nothing that can defeat you. Not sickness, not anything, not shortages, not bad relationships. They cannot defeat you. Ooh, Jesus. Because the power that will come out of that relationship of tithing and giving and praying in the Holy Ghost, man, oh, man, oh, man, the devil is scared of it. That's why he don't want you to do it. That's why he always argue about tithing and giving and praying in tongues. These are your power tools. That's what make you win every time. Not some of the time, but every time. And whatever failure you have, it's a prayer failure or a giving failure. You can trace it back. You didn't give what God told you to give in the amount that he told you to give it? Or you ain't praying tongues long enough? Mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm asking you this morning, turn that veil. Release the flow of power that's needed to help you to win against your enemy. Because you got an enemy. And he doesn't care nothing about you. And when you understand that, you'll you stop trying to hang out with him. Look at Matthew 28. I don't, I don't hang out with people that I know hate me. Because, see, that's kind, that's kind of on the, you know, you said, well, I'm trusting the Lord to win them. You don't have enough power to win them. You better get your hips on and get in your secret closet. Some of you out there trying to win them. And you, and you can't even say, Shandala Bahata, you can't even be like my grandbaby. You won't even say da 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 in tongues for five minutes without getting tired. You about to put your hips in the closet. <laughs> Go in your secret closet. The secret, secret closet. You out there trying to do something that you have no power for. Ooh, look at verse 18. That's why you getting your tail whipped. That's why you can't get healed. Because you refuse. See, it's not such thing. Some people know, but they just refuse to do it. It's not, it doesn't mean enough to them to do it consistently. It just doesn't mean enough. I'm born again, that's enough. How you know you're born again? Prove it. Because <laughs> the Bible says, it's the Spirit of God to tell you to say, Abba, Father. Everything goes back to the Spirit of God. Because he's God in the earth. Oh, Jesus. You're learning. Hallelujah. Look at verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power, say all power, is given unto me where? In heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, doing what? baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So be it. Hey, what you going to do with that one? 
<laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. See, all power is given. So you might, you might well hook up to the who got all the power. <laughs> it's easier. You know, uh, my family came over uh, Thursday and Friday. They were helping me put up my Christmas trees. Hallelujah. You know, I got real happy. But we, 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 we need an extension cord. And they said they found one power strip, but it was for outdoors. It had that little time on it. And I didn't need that. But we needed power. Say power. When we got the right power strip and plugged it in, everything said, I'm on. And then I took my little click button and I said, oh, we're going to turn you on and off when I feel like it. <laughs> ah, Jesus. So the kingdom of God, the, the kingdom of heaven's power is to be seen. Look at Mark 9, verse 1. Mark 9, verse 1. See, it's supposed to be seen. We're supposed to see the kingdom of God come with power. And he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that there be some of them that stand here which shall not taste of death, till they have seen the kingdom of God come with what? Power. The kingdom of God didn't come and hide itself in a little box. It came to be displayed so all the world can see it. Look at John. I know I'm walking you through this morning. Look at John chapter 1. Yeah, chapter 1, verse 12. Because I'm trying to erase some of this myth that's out there. Oh, glory to God. See, this power has this ability to transform. The question says, but as many as received him. Oh, there's the catalyst. Some people haven't received him yet. To them gave he power. Okay, wait a minute. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become or to be transformed into sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but the will of God. Oh, glory. So you can't, you can't uh, consult your flesh because this didn't come by the way of the flesh. It's by the spirit. And the power to be transformed is because of the spirit of God is in you. That's the only way you can become a son. See, right now you are in the kingdom, but sonship is what is at stake. Mm. Turn over, look at John 3. I know. Look at verse 10. I'll come to a close when I come to a close. Hold on. Now, this is the occasion with Nicodemus. And, and Nicodemus said, well, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto Nicodemus, you mean to tell me? You, you are the master of Israel. You are the head teacher in the church. And you can't answer this. And you don't know these things. You, you fill in a spot as a pastor, as a head deacon, as a bishop, and you don't know this. Nicodemus was a high ranking in the, in, in the courts of the church. 
He was a top official. Jesus said, you mean to tell me you can't answer this simple question? I know why you can't answer it. Because the spirit discerned. And a lot of you sitting under pastors that do not live by the spirit. Sad to say, but that's true. He says, you are master of Israel and you don't know these things. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know. <laughs> Man, that's like a slap in the face. He says, I talk what I know and testify that I have seen and you receive not our witness. He said, in other words, I talk what I know because I've done it and I'm a part of it. And he said, you saw it, but you, you didn't believe it. When we start praying in tongues, you didn't believe it. You thought that was of the devil. If I told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? Ah, glory to God. So he's saying, how are you going to believe something you're unwilling to believe? Hmm. See, you must first be willing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Until you become willing, you'll never believe it. He told Nicodemus, you didn't see it because you weren't willing to see it. Even though it's being done right in front of your face, you didn't see it because you weren't willing to see it. Each one of us was transformed because we were willing. Hmm. God is not going to invade your will and knock you down and fill you with the Holy Ghost. Don't worry about it. He's not going to do that. He's not going to throw you on the floor and body slam you. He's not going to do that. He's not going to do it. Look at 2 Timothy. I know everybody in church know this one. 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. Now, God gave us a spirit, but he didn't give us the spirit of fear. <laughs> Are you there for 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7? For God had not given us the spirit of fear. That means, that means he's given us the spirit. He's given us a spirit, the Holy Spirit. But he's given us the spirit of power and the spirit of love and of a sound man. He says, but here's the catalyst. Be not therefore ashamed. Mm. of the testimony of our Lord, nor of your pastor. But participate is what the rest of the verse is saying. Partake or participate in the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Because every believer that walks in this power, persecution comes with it. But great is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You've already, Jesus, I've already overcome the world. So what's that? We are kept by the power of God. Look at the, turn again to, stay in 2 Timothy, look at chapter 3. I'm giving you some ammunition so you understand better. Look at chapter 3, verse 5. There are people that have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. And according to uh, Apostle Paul teaching us here, he says, from such turn away. For these are the kind of people that win over and creep into houses and lead 
mostly women that are laying down with sins. Forever trying to learn something, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. Because they are unwilling to pray in tongues. They don't think it's necessary. So it's easy to be led astray when you don't pray in tongues. Easy. You're an easy target for the devil. And we are, according to 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5, we are kept by the power of God. Mm. That's what it says. We are kept by the power of God. Now turn back to John chapter 4. Let's look at verse 14. Hallelujah, hallelujah. When I read this last night, I had to go find that song I played this morning. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well. Remember I said a well is in you. But unless you turn that faucet on, there is no flow of power. There is no flow of power. You have to turn it on. He says, it'll be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And the woman said unto him, Jesus, give me that water. She had enough sense to know I'm missing something. I'd have had a bunch of husbands. And I demand them with now, not even my husband. I'd have made enough dumb mistakes being religious. I thought I was worshiping the real God. But give me that water. Woo, Jesus. Hey. Give me that water. That's the water I want. Look down at verse 24. For God is a spirit. And they that worship him. Must worship. In spirit. So worship is spiritual. You can't even worship God. Worship comes up out of the spirit man. It's just not you throwing your hands up in the air and saying hallelujah, hallelujah. No, when you get into worship, it's coming from that well. It's coming out of that well. That well is starting to say, ooh, it's time to worship. It springs up. And it's kind of hard to turn it off once you get into that zone. Because ah, it's coming up. It's eternal life. It's coming up. Life is coming up through you. Mm. You got to worship him in spirit and in truth. That means you can't be dumb and ignorant. You got to know some truth to worship God. Mm. All right. So in Genesis 11, 1 through 7, you have to turn there. The language became confused and it was known as babbling. When you speak in tongues, some people say it's babbling, but it's actually the reverse. You are babbling when you speak the language given out of confusion, be it English, French, Spanish, whatever. But when you pray in tongues, it is spirit to spirit. The natural thoughts that's running through your mind takes a lower life. They can be overwritten or bypassed, and communication is directly through the Holy Spirit who knows everything you are saying. And he knows how to translate that to the Father. Oh, man. You can find that in Romans 8. I know people have botched this scripture. Look at Romans 8. We have used this for so many things. And I mean from 
uh, saying we're supposed to just accept stuff. Mm. Likewise, the Spirit, who? The Spirit also helpeth our infirmities because he knows in our flesh that our flesh is weak. Our flesh has limitations. Listen to me. Your flesh has limitations. That's why you just can't pray in English. Because it has limitations. That's an infirmity when you're talking about praying. That's an infirmity. Not sickness and disease. It's an infirmity when you got a limited language trying to talk to an eternal God. He says, but the spirit helpeth your limitations. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. See, in the flesh, you don't know how to direct your prayer correctly against that situation. Woo. But the spirit himself make an intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the spirit. Because he make an intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Spirit to spirit. Now I, got, I, now I can get my answer with no hiccups. Mm. Woo. And here people say, and we know that all things work together. This is where they get messed up. Because now they're going to use sickness and disease. The Lord teaching you with this. That is not good. It says all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are the cause. He's talking about spiritual tools. They work to your good. Sickness didn't come to teach you anything. It came to kill you. To take your voice out of the earth. Get it right. Get it right. Poverty didn't come to make you strong in the Lord. It made you to look, make God look bad while you hollering you a Christian. Because you keep looking at this and say, I know all these things working to my good. No, it's not. If it was, you should have been out of it by now. You've been in it 10 years. What's wrong with you? Something wrong with your good. It's not working the way it's supposed to work because you're missing God. It's spirit to spirit. Woo. And he says, I know all these spiritual things. They work together. There's no such thing as sickness working together with the spirit of God. They're out of two different kingdoms. And you can't put them in the same kingdom. Because that verse 28 said, there has to be an agreement for it to work. Because they're working what? Together. That's a key component in that scripture. Sickness and poverty don't work together with the spirit of God. They work against God. Woo, Jesus. I hope that cleared somebody up. It says that we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among men and brethren. So if I'm predestined to be like Jesus and he's the firstborn, then I might be the hundredthborn. I don't care. I'm in the family. I'm supposed to look just like Jesus. Is Jesus sick? Is Jesus broke? 
Did Jesus have bad relationships? Then something wrong with your understanding. Come to terms with it. Because those things didn't come out of the kingdom of God. Ooh. That is out of your confusion. You, you, you're praying out of your flesh. When you don't pray in tongues, your ability to hear or to pick up heaven becomes dull. And you hear like mere man without God. Hebrews 5.11 saying, seeing you are dull of hearing. When you think you got the answer, you turn people off. <laughs> you turn the spirit of God off because you think you got the answer. Because you dull of hearing. Romans 10.17. But faith only comes. Look at Romans 10.17. Turn there. We in the same book. Stay there. Romans 10, 17. Let's look at it with our eyes because that's important. That we see it with our eyes. So how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, well who gives life to the word? The spirit. He said the letter kill it, but the spirit of God gives life to the word. So in other words, what he's saying, faith only comes as a result of hearing. As you pray in tongues. <laughs> you can't develop faith in your flesh. Ooh, Jesus. Because there's a spiritual tool. You're in a spiritual kingdom. You can't develop faith. Listening to somebody or just listening to me. I can inspire you. They can inspire you to get up and do what's right. But faith only comes by what you hear by the spirit of God. As you study the word, he's going to talk to you through that word. Mm. That's the only way you can have faith is by the hearing of the spirit of God. And he'll tell you, you know what? I need you to fix this. And I'm going to tell you how to fix it. And that one word will resolve a whole lot of issues in your household. Hmm. He gave me a word last night. You don't need to know my word. Get your own. And I got to do it. Because it's going to release some things in my life. And I need to obey it. Amen. See, now you got to follow through with what you hear. Hmm. The devil has fought and still fight the baptism in the Holy Spirit, so much that he created doctrines against tongues to ensure that the whole body never speak the same language again. When you don't pray in tongues, your ability to hear, I just read that. So when you pray in tongues, you are praying unto God. Only God can decode your message. The devil can't figure it out. That's the good thing about praying in the Holy Ghost. So the devil fights the baptism in praying in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, because that's why he raised up a lot of these buildings you see and call them church. It's to bring confusion. That's all they were designed to do is to breed confusion. Make you think you got something that you really don't have. Mm. All right, I'm almost finished. Oh, can you believe I'm almost at the last point? Hallelujah. You got some pastors that have taken a theological position against the Holy Spirit. They're just not going to teach it. You need to come out of those places. 
if they make mention of him, that's not teaching on the Holy Spirit. Because you got to teach about the power. And not just say, well, we believe in God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we, you know, and that's all you know about him. Emphasis has to be placed on the Holy Spirit. Why? He's God in the earth today. That's the only way you're going to have contact with heaven. It's through him. Hmm. So we see that praying in tongues is part of the culture of heaven. We are identified as belonging to the kingdom because of our language. (laughs) So my prayer today is that this place called Rapture Worship Center, that from the oldest to the youngest, we'll speak in tongues and release the flow of the power of the Holy Spirit to not only infiltrate their houses, but every area of your lives. That's my prayer. I'm not interested in the problem because I know the answer. The old song said, I found the answer when I learned to pray. See? Prayer. Mm, Working with God. I'm believing that that Holy Spirit, that you will be filled again. And allow him to impact your home, your marriages, our nation, our schools. Because that's what it's going to take to get America back. That's what it's going to take to get families back. This is what it's going to take to get your lives online. And when you try to run away from it and not do it, and you think you can work a formula, the formula keeps flopping because it's not a formula. It's by the Spirit. It's not by might. It's not by your intelligence. It's not by your power, your physical strength. But it's by the Spirit, saith the Lord. It's by his spirit that it will get done. And I dare you to get, spend more time with the Holy Spirit and watch him transform you from the inside. And you'll come out of there being bold. These scared Christians that we walk around being is because we don't pray. We don't read this word. That's why you can be afraid. I'm not afraid that there's not going to be enough hamburger or whatever I need to eat. I'm not afraid. And they're talking about all kinds of shortages going to come up. What's that? In the darkest time, you read your Bible, in every famine, the people of God prospered. They overcame because they trusted their God. I am praying that the legislative branch of the kingdom of heaven will become spiritual enforcers against the kingdom of darkness with the power of the Holy Spirit, insisting that it be in earth as it is in heaven. We must insist upon it. Bring the heaven culture to the earth. Let it be seen in your environment. Stop surrendering your territory. Fight for it. Fight for it. Oh, Jesus. Come on, stand to your feet.